LDB, 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 Good evening, LDB. I am your host, Chris Schultzer. It is a Monday night, and we are in week two of the playoffs. I am joined, as always, by our co-commissioner, Mr. Matt Starr. Matt, how are you doing? Ah, I'm doing great. You know, coming off a, a tight win, can't complain, really. Uh, you know, and uh, having, uh, having a good start to this week, too. How are you doing there? Did you have like side conversations going with uh, with with uh, Josh during that? Like, was it like, or were you guys radio silent? What's no, the- no, we 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 were talking pretty much all day, like Saturday and Sunday. Um, the thing went back and forth, and uh, we can talk about it more as we're going. But there was a moment, like I felt pretty confident that I was going to win, and there was a brief moment where everything seemed to shift in Josh's direction, and then like you know that lasted for about an hour, and then we went right. Everything kind of landed back and. In, in, in my direction again so that's kind of a uh, yeah unfortunately for how, how it ended for josh but it's kind of fun exchange to uh to stay in touch like as we were watching these games seeing this all unfold sure sure and we're also joined uh by michael becker michael how you doing doing great chris how are you good you enjoying your uh i'm gonna use air quotes that no one can see vacation at the moment well, I, I just came back from a long weekend at Smith Mountain Lake in Roanoke uh, and spent almost zero time thinking about my fantasy boys. Uh, it spent a lot of time in the water, on the water, on a boat. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great weekend and it was quite a luxury not to, to worry about fantasy baseball for a bit. Fair enough. Time to get back into it, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I got another week to... to uh, to settle in and uh, watch some of the other matchups. So I'm excited for that. And it's back I, to business. I, I already know that you are going to, like a matador, just get out of the way of this question. But I have to ask, are you rooting for one of the two of these guys? I'm, which guys are we talking about? Dubner <laughs> and Star. Uh, I think I'm, it, it's, you can't, you can't root for one or the other because that just means they're gonna, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. But I, I maintain that I, I am more concerned about Star's team. So I think if I had to root for anybody, it might be Dubner. But I recognize uh, the, the political answer and diplomatic answer is both are, both are tremendous teams. And um, either way, it's going to be a fight for me. There's the matador I know and love. I knew, I knew he was in there. <laughs> I don't want any bulletin board material, man. That's the yeah, last thing I need. You gave us a smidgen, but you know, I thought you mostly got out of the way. I appreciate that. Um, well, yeah. So, folks, we're we're on a Monday night. It's the Labor Day thing. Um, we were going to try to do something last night, but it just didn't seem like it was practical uh, with the weekend, um, especially for me. I, so, I we, we we moved it to Monday and. Here we are. Uh, that means we have a little bit of results in already this week. But um, Star, do you want to just walk us quickly through the results from last week? Do we want to spend just two minutes on that, or or should we just? I mean, I think folks know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think if if we can walk through it pretty quickly. I mean, we had uh, the my matchup against Josh looks. Uh, um, you know, I finished. It finished ten two. It looks a lot closer. It looks much more like a blowout than it appeared to be, 
earlier in the day. Uh, Josh, you know, briefly had to lead at one point yesterday uh, in, the, in the middle of the day. Uh, everything kind of went awry for him towards the end of the day. Uh, I'd already kind of taken the lead, and then Walker Bueller had like the worst start of his season, just to put the cherry on top. Uh, which which took this from a matchup that was kind of swinging back and forth from like six six seven five to ten two at the last minute, uh, as as I won ERA, MGS, and WHIP all kind of unexpectedly in the end. Um, so that one was that one was much more of a nail biter than it looks to be at the end. Um, I think the the fish fry and Ichiro's. I know Paul's disappointed with how with how his team performed. I think you know unfortunately it was kind of. Uh, I mean, Jeremy did not have a bad week, but I think Paul's team just kind of didn't really show up. Like, I think. Becker, are you having trouble with Star here? Especially on the pitching side. I am. I think. I think Star's back. Yeah, Star. I'm going to flag you. Uh, we're 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 losing your audio there for a second, but I think we got the gist of what you were saying. Uh, with Paul's team not showing up, and 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 I feel for him because he had a much better season than than that week. Um, uh, and uh, I'll just quickly run down the McQueenies. It looks like I should have stuck to my guns because if those listeners who were paying close attention, I was the one who was like, I don't know, I, I think Anton's team is better than this. <laughs> and sure enough, the pitching showed up and, and Anton was was able to fend off Jeff with like an all, all pitching versus all hitting matchup, which is always funny to see and then uh and then ian lost on the tiebreaker to ray um so ian's dreams of the faster rebuild are, are now moot when uh, was the last time ray won a week i have I, not been checking out I, you know this is poor poor radio but uh do we know when the last time he actually won was i was i was very surprised but props to ray you know I, I think something that's missing in this league is actually trophies. And, and I, I would love to have um, like a, a trophy that got passed around from winner to winner uh, that like we actually inscribed with the champion's name. And similarly, I think the shame of winning the McQueenie bracket deserves like a, a joke trophy as well. Um, you know, something like you have to hold the, the toilet bowl seat for the year or something. <laughs> like I just, I, I think we need because it is a championship, it deserves something. But um, I mean, what do you think of this, Becker? You like this idea, or you think I'm full? Of I, I like I like a trophy where something is inscribed, where names are inscribed on the trophy. I I am always in favor of that. Whether it's like the U.S. Open trophy or the what the Stanley Cup trophy, those are those are beautiful. Um, though I I do remember, like I said, relatively new in the league, but don't we pass around a pennant? do something to the winner what is our tradition yeah we the winner does get a pennant i believe i wouldn't know because i've never won it so like you know <laughs> i have no idea what it looks like i have no idea uh how cool it is um it looks like star is uh is going to be rejoining us his internet was having some issues but uh no issues because i'm i'm enjoying this little conversation we had anyway so i think that just about wraps up the the what happened last week um which maybe maybe you needed Becker because I because you were on vacation. Yeah, I and I, I have a uh, an update. It looks like the last time Ray won a week was week nine against you, <laughs> seven seven five. Against me? Yes. Ouch! I lost to Ray. Apparently. Oh, that's brutal. 
<laughs> but that was a long time. So props to Ray. Well done. I would love yeah. to see him win the McQueenies. It's it, McQueenies are no slouch. Like, you know, you said toilet bowl, but it really, you really need to have a good team to make it through those rounds. Um, consider, especially this year, considering that there are a lot of teams in the McQueenie brackets who were, were destined to finish pretty highly, but injuries or, you know, just bad fortune caused them to just miss out. But that, I think McQueenie bracket will be really fascinating to watch too. Sure. Um, let's transition. And uh, just before we briefly, sorry, before we get into the, the, the matchups of the week, um, let's talk for a minute just about the fact that uh, a number of players have been promoted. Um, I'm not just inviting us to talk about Eloy because I mention him literally every time we have the podcast. Uh, but yes, he's finally joined us along with Jorge Mateo, who very quickly ran for second base and was caught stealing. Thank you, Jorge Mateo. Um, and uh, I also noticed that Jorvi brought up Tristan McKenzie. So uh, we've had a few week two in the playoffs uh, promotions, which is kind of fun. I, for what it's worth, I think Jarvie's going to really need Tristan McKenzie because it looks like Ryu left the start today with forearm stiffness. Um, he's downplaying it from what I'm reading, but I'm wondering if he'll be able to make the next start. So we'll find out. Um, so he might need those innings from McKenzie pretty badly. Uh, Becker, thoughts on, on bringing people up at this time of year? I like it. I like it. I, I really think Jorge Mateo is a fun player. And Jorge Mateo is exactly the type of player that you need at this point in the season where stolen bases can tip a category in your favor or against you. Uh, that's that. I, I thought that was a really savvy move on your part. And just even though he was caught stealing today, I think just the fact that he runs and is willing to run plays for a team that they're, they're giving him the green light. That's going to be good. So if you have built some sort of um, big offensive week and advantage and you can run Jorge Mateo out there a couple of days, you know, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to try and build that stolen base lead. I think that's a, a really savvy play. Um, but I like I, I like those um, I like those call ups. You know, I myself personally, I'm um, thinking more and more and more about promoting Wander Franco who's having apparently an incredible year, um, pretty unprecedented, is getting really, really hard to keep him down. Um, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't promote Eloy earlier, but I think he's just, you didn't necessarily need him, but now is the time he's going to help you. I, I don't mind saying this on the cast, actually. I, I, I actually explained this one to a few people. Ian, I think, was the, the one that I actually spent the most time on it because he, he was chirping about it over emails. Um, I would have done it, a very long time ago, but I, I did the math on this and I had nothing to gain because I was locked into the right. second position. If I literally had any shot, I would have done it, but I had no shot. And I, I didn't feel I had any shot of losing the division either. So I just thought like, I'm going to totally have egg on my face if he gets hurt in these last six weeks of the season. And I brought him up and then could have had him on a lower contract. So it really was like a tiny, tiny, tiny decision. Um, I, for what it's worth, like, I'm not going to miss my opportunity to say, I think you should bring up Wander. I mean, like, honestly, I think it's time. Like, dude's on what, like a 33 game on base streak. It's like, silly. It's, it's silly. I, I you gotta, you gotta ask yourself this. Are you going to remember bringing him up now and losing because he, you know, performed poorly, or are you going to remember losing and, and not having him up and the fact that he could have helped you? 
See, I think that's really where this goes. Well, it's these cold calculated decisions that, that gives you your team kind of, uh, you know, success year after year after year, which I don't know personally, but it's what I expect. I mean, I've said this before on a previous pod, but I want Wander Franco from age 22 season to 26 season. And to use him in age 20 season is pretty ambitious and it deprives me of what will probably be the prime of his career. Uh, so that's, that's all to say by this time next week, he could very well be up. But I am I, glad I, that you resisted the urge to bring up uh, Eloy. I know there's a lot of peer pressure. Uh, if, if I had listened to Ian, Jazz Chisholm would be up. Um, and you know, I don't think he would have necessarily helped my team. No offense to Ian. Like I, at the time when he was suggesting that in the power rankings, like I had a very, I had a hole at shortstop. So I think you just, you got to promote your guys when you're ready and you're clearly ready for this. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a wise move on your part. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Now? Yeah, we can. Um, I just like to, so, so, so some, some wonder Franco stats, uh, this is playing a game of arbitrary endpoints, but, um, since uh, July 30th, Wander Franco has a 393 uh, OBP and a uh, 954 OPS. Um, you know, so that's that's uh, you know, if you if you lose Becker and and you have that kind of player that like could have been the difference, uh, that that's that would be tough. I, I sure that's something that like. I could never stomach, but you know, if you want to play for 2027 or whatever, you know, do your thing. If you can guarantee me a 2027 season, uh, I, I, you know, I will make the decision easier. Uh, exactly. One of the things I love is that you're consistent about this. Like you're, you're not just bugging one guy, you bug everybody about it. Your middle name might need to be, you know, like, Matthew, bring your guys up, star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I gave Jorvi a lot of shit for not having Tristan McKenzie up, uh, who arguably right now may be his best pitcher. Uh, you know, ESPN does this thing on their fantasy site where they do projected game scores for all pitchers at the beginning of the week. And his highest projected game score was Tristan McKenzie's start this week <laughs> of all of his pitchers on his roster. Well, there you go. And that's exactly why I'm scared because, you know, these things have a way of, of being random and weird. So um, I think it's time to start talking about the matchups. I know we're going to start with federal. I'm going to turn the reins over to you guys since this is my game. You guys can ask me questions if you want. Um, and then I'll take them back for the union if that's cool. So, uh, Becker, your show, man. What do you want to know? <laughs> Gosh, how worried are you right now? I, let me set the stage. Well, it looks like it's seven five fish fry. Uh, I'm not sure what flipped or whether that might have been VJ, but um, you know, question remains: How concerned are you right now? Uh, I'm very concerned. I mean, I, I've had literally, I think, okay, it's not the worst day I possibly could have had. I could have had some blown saves in there. Um, you know, I could have had worse pitching performances in terms of an earned runs actually scoring but the whip is bad uh the mgs scores aren't great basically the way i said the way, the way this week set up with mccullers at uh at seattle and um woodruff against philly 
I felt like I had two of my top starts for the week on Monday, which would set the tone. And if it was really good, it was going to allow me to get super conservative on pitching. Um, and if it was really bad, then, you know, it would go in a different direction. I landed in the middle, which means I'm going to have to give myself some headaches. Um, I'm not worried about the hitting after one day, although I will say, you know, a caught stealing and negative two RBIs is not exactly how I drew this up. Um, but the matchups today weren't, weren't great. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm obviously behind and I'm hoping they can come back. Um, you know, I think, I think Jorvi's team is sneaky good, right? Like I know it's super banged up, but the depth that we were talking about at the beginning of the year is why he's not sunk. Right. And there's a lot of names on this list that like leave something to be desired. And then there's several who are stars that can carry the week. Like I, I'm not going to be having fun every time Jose Abreu comes up to bat this week, you know? Um, I think that's a reality and going back to Tristan McKenzie, like there's a lot of narrative stuff, you know, we talk in, in this podcast, actually a lot about the difference between the quant and the qualitative stuff that we hear Tristan McKenzie's qualitative stuff. I don't know if it's reached the two of you yet, but it's super interesting. Um, he's been pulled aside by a number of the league's best hitters that are his opponents, Miguel Cabrera being the one that's gotten the most press and Cabrera's like, dude, I don't know what you're doing. Stop nibbling. Your stuff is better than anyone else I faced this year. And I think McKenzie might've just had some lack of confidence. And recently I heard this cast and, and, and he's just recently stopped messing around on the corners and he's just been throwing stuff for strikes and it works. Um, if that is actually what's happened, you know, this guy might be really good. Um, so uh, he's, he's heard that too? am I alone in this? I, I hadn't heard that, but I mean, I, there, there's, clearly been a demonstrable difference between what he's done over the last month versus what he had done earlier in the season it, and it seems i think i'm gonna i mean he's you know he's got a 1.33 era uh and uh 10k per nine uh over his last four starts but it's a tiny sample but it is, a, it is notably better than where he was earlier in the season but i wonder he spent some time injured and i if I had to guess, I would guess there's also probably a velocity jump here. Yep, <laughs> definitely. His, his fastball is, go, is about two miles per hour faster since coming back from the I.L. So, you know, nibbling or not, uh, uh, you know, it, he throws harder and that have more confidence in your stuff when you're throwing, you know, 94 to 96 instead of, you know, 91 to 93. <laughs> Yeah, and the story about McKenzie last year was that he, he arrived, he was lights out, and then over the course of the short season, at least, he continuously lost velocity. And there was real concern going into this year whether that would be the same, whether he had enough stamina. So to see him almost do the inverse, I think, is, is really impressive. He could be a difference maker for sure. So I, I guess, Chris, if, if, you, if we're talking next Sunday night and – uh, your team has won. What has gone right? Uh, I avoid a, a, a bullpen meltdown for starters, and the hitting shows up. You know, my hitting averages somewhere in the neighborhood of you know ten to twelve home runs a week. I have zero at the end of the day on Monday here. That doesn't scare me, but um, you know I've got a lot of boppers, and I need them to like actually do their one to two home runs a week each, and then. We'll see where we land. Because I, I think if that happens, I like my chances to win OPS, RBI, runs. Like, I, I feel like 
the recipe for me winning is to take two or three of the pitching categories and four of the hitting categories. So, you know, nothing, nothing is off track. I'm just behind where I should be at this point. Um, and I will say again that, you know, this will probably be the one time that we do this in the playoffs on a Monday instead of on a Sunday, I hope. Um, but Jorby and I both have a, an injury concern now. Bryant left the game with an injury. Uh, and if he's out, that's, that's bad for me. Um, and uh, Ryu left the game after totally dominating after six innings with forearm stiffness, which he downplayed in the post game. Um, but, you know, if you're Toronto, do you skip him once? I, I, I don't know. Like, it, yes. it, it, yes. right. So like anytime you have to take a guy out for, for forearm discomfort and, and that will have a big impact on the week as well. So um, we'll be watching those injuries pretty closely, obviously. One more question I mean, I, for you. Does um, you know, the performances by Woodruff and McCullers today change the way you would have otherwise managed your pitching? So I think my answer is maybe, but I don't know for certain yet. And I know that's bad podcasting, but the one start that I... So I, I, I kept a lot of guys that have like really awful starts late in the week. Like notably Desclafani is, is at course. I do not want to have to use that like as an example, right? It's too early for me to know if I'm going to have to use that. Um, my answer, like, this is where I said, like at the beginning, like if, if they'd been lights out, I would tell you right now, like that was a luxury that now I'm going to bench him. But the way I see this, like, I can't afford with the matchups the way that they played out to lose both HRA and case, you know, I, the way I see it, that, that has to be a split based on the starts I had at worst. And it looks like at this point, I'll be able to achieve that. I think maybe, but we'll see. Um, so, you know, tomorrow starts, I have, I have Odorizzi uh, at Seattle. Like that's, that's pretty good. And I have means against Kansas city. That's pretty good. I probably would have started both those guys regardless. Um, but you know, we'll see. Uh, so, so I, I think we're overlooking something. Uh, so th there's a lot of, Oh my God, Brendan Woodruff had a bad start. Uh, you know, in Tristan McKenzie maybe is good. You know, wh who's not good. All of the other starting pitchers on Jorvi's roster. Uh, you know, you can you can whine and complain about how you have not had a good had a good week. Jorvi's looking at starting Eric Lauer, Luke Weaver, probably Tuki Toussaint, and Chris Paddock the rest of this week. <laughs> uh, that's that is that is the the fearsome rotation that you are apparently concerned about because oh no, Brandon Woodruff gave up four runs in six innings. The sky is falling, dude. Chill, <laughs> you're fine because Jorvi's pitching is terrible. And you're going to be just fine. And I don't think it really matters that you had a not ideal start. And McCullers is pitching right now, if I'm not mistaken, and doing fine. You know, um, what you're doing right now is some serious bad juju, okay? Like, this is some <laughs> juju from, like, other world, man. Yeah, I, 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 I am a super... So if you were doing it, it would be bad juju. If I'm doing it, I'm just being objective. Yeah, Matt, I, I too think that Chris is going to be fine, but I can tell that he really wants to lean into this woe is me uh, mentality here. Yeah, I, I told him like, like, like with you, Becker, it, it's, you're, not, you're not convincing anybody. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to evoke a lot of sympathy. So I think, um, yeah, I, I appreciate your answer about uh, your, your pitching staff. And I found it particularly interesting about Di Scalfani. Uh, and I think 
over the course of the next few weeks, it will illuminate this better. But the difference between our old playoff format, where you pick your three starting pitchers and your two relievers and you just let it eat, and now a 26-man roster limit, I think it, it allows for a lot more strategic decisions, such as the one you identified. I think you're absolutely right. Like in a perfect world, you're not using him at course field but there might be a situation in which you have to. And I, I don't, I, I, I like it. I, I like that because I think the more opportunities for a fantasy manager to make real life baseball decisions, the better. And so, you know, credit to Matt, credit to the, the folks who voted uh, for that rule change. I think this is gonna be a really good one that um, you know, lasts for years, hopefully. Yeah, I, I did something similar actually in my matchup. I I brought I put Yusei Kikuchi on the roster who got crushed tonight uh, nice. by the Astros because he had a potential start on Sunday against the Diamondbacks that I you know I figured like in case of emergency keep him on the roster and that's somebody I could use on Sunday like as a you know if I like need to chase K's or and all hope is lost. Uh, hopefully I don't need to use Yusei Kikuchi who's like kind of falling apart in the second half here. But, uh, you know, th that was, I used, I just had to do, you know, use a roster spot there instead of like another reliever, or another bat. There are a lot of ways to make innings though. Don't be surprised if a future owner goes with zero starting pitchers and all bullpen. It'll be tough to pull off, but it is possible. I, I will say this Becker, like I, I do think, um, I, I did vote for that rule change and, and my reason was less for the strategy, although I always enjoy the strategy much more for the fact that I, I never liked that our playoffs were a different game. I don't under, I never understood why we would play one game for 20 weeks and then shift it. I understand we want to give a nod to major league baseball, that it feels different, that, you know, it's the, the pressure makes you pull a starting pitcher faster. And that's why I think the innings limit coming down is a, is a nice nod to that. But I, I, I don't, I never liked that it was a different game and the weeks where like something really funky happened, like the year I lost to Anton in the finals um, in the finals, I had Ryu go one inning and then get hurt. And in that inning, he gave up a number of runs and, uh, and I, I basically lost pitching on Monday of that week because I knew I had no other starters and that was boring. So like, not only was, is, is it a little heartbreaking to have that happen, but it's also just, you know, it's, it sucks. Well, what you're describing is the difference between Roto and head-to-head -head playoffs. And, and we could spend four hours talking about that. Um, I, I think I, I've, I've come out both ways in the course of my fancy baseball playing career where you, know, you want to be rewarded for having a dynamite squad. And, and you have one right now, and it sounds like you had one in the past. Yet if you want to mirror major league baseball, as we've recognized in the past, the best team doesn't always win. And, um, you know, those, those kind of vagaries and flukes happen. And that, that can be like, you know, so unfair. And it uh, can also be thrilling if you find yourself like the 2019 nationals. And it's like, how the hell did we just do this? And yet you're champion. So I don't know. I mean, I, I go back and forth based on whether I fall on the right side of that or the wrong side of that, but you'll get, you'll get yours. 2006 Cardinals, right. 83 wins, 80, 83 win team. Like I think they went one and eight in their last nine games, of the regular season almost coughed up the division. Uh, and then Weaver, 
uh, got hot, <laughs> like out of out of the blue, and won the Cardinals a World Series. It's it's pretty crazy. And you always so, remember when you have no business winning and you win anyway. It's like, yeah. man, I really I really got fortunate there. It's true. It's totally true. Um, I think uh, I think it's time that we we move over to the union side. Um, but um, listen, I, Jorvi, if you're listening to this, man, like I'm not participating in any of this juju. I think your team is good. Uh, and I am looking forward to our match this week. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's enough on the federal side for this week. Um, as for the star versus Dubner match, like this is a tasty one. This is a tasty match um, and it's tasty for so many reasons, but it really feels like the pitching against the hitting. I mean, Becker, do you agree with me on this? Totally. Totally. It, it is, it is going to be fascinating to watch. Um, both teams have come out really, really hot. Matt's got four home runs already, nine runs, 10 RBI. Dubner has three, six, and seven. Uh, I think it's going to come down to who, uh, can take the hitting categories because I think Matt has the decided advantage in pitching. And if, if Matt can, can hold with home runs and one or two of the ratios and certainly runs or RBI, I like his chances. But if, you know, if, if Dubner kind of takes the, the advantage that he has at this point um, with kind of with in hitting, I think, it can be, it can come down to Sunday for sure. So Matt, we will turn it over to you in a minute, but I, I'm just going to do my, my little journalistic take on the, the tiny bit of research I did here. If Dubner wins, he won because he found a way to steal a pitching category and swept hitting, I think. Uh, and, and it's probably VJ that he'll steal because stars already down in it and he's, he's up. Um, I mean, he could do home runs against like there, there are formulas here, but I am not liking Dubner's pitching situation this week. Becker, have you, have you done a deep dive on this much at all? I haven't done a deep dive, but all right, well, I'll, I I'll see, you- I mean, here's what I like about it. He's got a lot of relievers and you can yeah. say that they're, they're, you know, kind of mediocre Gregory Soto, Lucas Sims, Theo bar. He just picked up. Um, but like the thing about relievers is they can pitch three scoreless innings in the same way that they can blow two saves. There, there's just so much variation. And if those guys, if those six or seven relievers, no less Andy Ashby provide, I don't know, 10 innings, 15 innings, I think he could be on to something. I think he could be. I just don't know that he has the staff to actually pull off what you're talking about. You do. Right. Like Ashby, Ashby's been good. Like the K, the K rate is fantastic. I don't think he's going to win K's over star because Ashby pitched him, you know, five innings this week. I just don't think that's going to happen, but it's the cumulative Um, effect. I mean, if, if if there are three outings by Blake Trinan and Blake Trinan strikes out two guys piece, I think that is the equivalent of a start. The most important start of the entire week across both these matchups is Carlos Carrasco tomorrow. Hands down. Carrasco at uh, playing the Nationals. Dubner needs him to be lights out. It's really that. He's against, he's against the Marlins, actually. Oh, is it the Marlins? It's the Marlins. Yeah, it's the Marlins. Yeah. 
I, I knew it was a bad team. I just couldn't remember which. I, 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 like, that's a very important matchup. He also has um, Framber in a very good matchup. I can't remember if he's playing Seattle or if he's playing uh, the Angels, but either way, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's the Angels. So he he has really – he there is obviously a talent deficit in terms of quality of pitchers, but he has some nice matchups across the board, um, I will say, to his credit. And I think that keeps things – that could keep things interesting. If he wants to do them, Ranger Suarez at home against the Rockies. He's got, like I said, Framber against the Angels. He's got Charlie Morton against the Marlins. Like, he's got a lot of nice matchups. So, you know, the pitchers are not as good as my pitchers, but the matchups are better than what I have. Yeah. So, Matt, I'm going to give you a minute to talk about your team in a second, but there's, a, there's another question I want to ask you that I have not warned you I'm going to ask. Uh, you are an all-in kind of guy. When you see an opening, you like a running back in the NFL, you just fast as you can right to the hole. I am curious, do you look at the Randy Rosarena, Bobby Witt trade with regret at this point? Oh my God, absolutely not. Have you seen Rosarena in the second half? Have you seen what he's done? Like, he's, been, he's been good. I don't know that he's the player that uh, he's basically been Springer to me. Like he's, a, he's like the second. Yeah. yeah. That, that I, is there, I have no problem with that. And Rosa Reina, you know, in, in the second half, let's see where, where is he in, in OPS? He was, he's fifth. <laughs> Hilariously enough. He is fifth in Woba in, since the all-star break tied with George Springer. Okay. Um, it, you know, it, I mean, is, is, I don't think it's, it was reasonable to expect him to be more than George Springer. George Springer's great. Well, I think we like, yeah, sure. I, I, fine. I, it's more actually about Bobby Witt. Uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I think my bigger regret is not finding a way to do that trade without giving up Bobby, Bobby Witt. <laughs> Um, but I have no regrets about going hard for Rosarena and he's been, you know, my bet probably my, he and Goldschmidt have been my best players since the all-star break and, you know, continue to, to play well. I think did Rosarena have a home run today. He did something today. Uh, he went two for six with an no, RB and two runs. Yeah. He went a couple of runs. Okay. So, um, he was fine, but you know, I, I, I mean, if I, if I win the championship this year, Rosarena is going to be part of that and, you know, I don't have any real regrets. I think he's part of the reason that I am where I am. And, you know, if I continue to win, I think it's going to be partly because of a Rosarena. So I have, you know, Witt looks great. Now, I think Witt's going to be a very, very good player. But I think a Rosarena already is a good player and he's a good player who has helped me this season. So I don't really regret that trade. Fair enough. All right. Well, take a moment and tell us about, uh, I'm going to give you the same question, Becker, uh, that Becker gave me because it was a really good question. It's Sunday night. You're about to win. What went right? What went right last week? Oh, what, oh, next what, right what, what will have gone right? Um, I mean, I'll say the start that I've gotten off to offensively is very encouraging. I think I needed to start like this. I think to have a lead even after just one day, um, you know, because Duber had a good has had a good day too. To have have a lead kind of across the board on offense is huge. And to, if I could hold on to a few of those categories, I think, you know, that's obviously going to be key here. Um, I think it's, 
I don't I don't know if I'm necessarily going to sweep pitching, but I think I will probably win more pitching categories than Dubner wins. Um, and so to be able to take a few offensive categories um, from the team who I think has probably the best offense in the league, I think is really going to be key. And so off to a good start so far um, in, in that vein. And I think that's, you know, I had a very strange offensive week last week. But, you know, I'll take it. I, I led the league in home runs and stolen bases and RBIs. And I was, I had the lowest on-base percentage in OPS of any team, which doesn't make any sense. But, you know, if that's what happens again, I'll take it. Just give me a couple of categories. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Becker, I, I like, I was paying attention last week. Um and I, I think we have to just give the nod to, to Dubner's emails. Uh, and, and I know Dubner, he's totally. definitely going to be, he's definitely going to be listening to this. So kudos, dude. Those were such an enjoyable read. Uh, I have to give the, the, the quick shout out. Like, I'm sorry that you benched such an incredible hitting performance last week. That sounded insane. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. But so Becker, you, did you watch your boys at all? Like what they were doing? Hardly. Hardly. And it, it, that's really tough. And I, I know this is kind of like a first world problem where uh, having the luxury of a buy, you don't have to watch, but you really do lose some sense of how your team is performing. And, and maybe it's just, I spent way too much time thinking about fantasy baseball and my team in particular during the regular season. And I had to kind of fight and claw every single week, but you do pick up on the rhythms, you know, who's good, you know, who's bad. Um, you know who is playing, which is probably one of the most important things, in my opinion, like who is losing out on playing time, who's gaining playing time. And all of that is momentum is almost totally lost after a week out. Uh, I, I feel that pretty viscerally. And I know I'll, I'll have to kind of make up ground here um, to like think about, all right, who has lost their job? But um, I'm sure that's a problem that you kind of encountered as well. You had said it, like there was not a lot for you to play for in the last maybe five, six weeks of the season. You pretty much knew your fate. You knew you were going to be in playoffs. Was it difficult to get back in the zone or were you, were you monitoring from afar? Were you spending kind of as much doing the day-to-day as you were early in the season? Okay, remember back to the podcast where we talked about how thin the wire was? And I was like, I don't know, yeah. guys. Like, I think there actually are going to be some fines. Um, I think that if I'm going to give myself a mini pat on the back, in the midseason, the reason I held serve against my division when so many things went wrong was because I was on top of it. I found a lot of those guys. I did not find any late season guys. And I think it's part of the funk that you're talking about here. Every time I looked up a guy, and in fact, Star, go ahead and make fun of me for this one. But there was one point where I was like, oh, oh crap, there's this Texas reliever who's like done like nine straight innings after like coming straight up from the minors without giving up a run. Like, let's see if he's out there. And Star picked him up like three weeks earlier. And like, that's the type of thing that never would have happened to me on June 1st, you know? So, um, Last week, I definitely was paying attention to my hitters in particular and my relief pitchers, um, mostly because I think the relief pitchers were the hardest part of deciding what to do this week. Um, and all of my relievers were cold last week. So, but I, I have no idea if I would have won or lost. I think I probably would have lost um, just based on that. But um, yeah. I was tracking I innings. I wasn't tracking 
who hit a home run, who stole a base. I was tracking innings because I think the race to 30 is going to be important. And before we move totally off of, of the star Dubner matchup, um, I did not realize that Dubner had amassed nine relievers on this current playoff roster. Nine relievers out of 26 spots is pretty significant in my mind. I'm not sure if I could put up nine, nine relievers. Uh, so that, that to me suggested a very deliberate strategy. And it says to me that it is possible, maybe not likely, but very possible that he wins three pitching categories, which makes offense even more important. The trouble is, if you are tracking how many innings you're going to average off of nine relief pitchers over the course of a week, it's going to come out somewhere between a range, standard deviation somewhere, of 12 and 18 innings, right? No, it's higher than that. Guys average, uh, the math that I've done, it ends up being like basically two and a third innings per week, the average reliever. Uh, so it comes out higher than that. It would end up being... Now, what's that, 18, uh, like 21 innings, basically. I mean, if he, if he gets that, that's fantastic because it minimizes his exposure. But you, uh, also run, you also run the risk that, like, you have the low week and then you got to sure. figure it out late in the week. Now, I, maybe I'm playing with fire here and, like, like you said, with bad juju. But, Becker, this is not your bullpen. This is not the, the quality oh, of I the know. relievers on, on this team is a very different group of relievers than like your team and what you are capable of putting out there. Like if I, I, I watched Caleb Spielbar come out yesterday and he wasn't pitching, he wasn't playing for Dubner, but I watched that. I was watching that game. He kind of blew a save the day that Dubner picked him up and gave up three runs, you know, like th th these, these are, they try and in is great. Um, and Jordan Romano is great. And the rest of these guys are, you know, waiver wire level relief pitchers. Now, if, if he's going to beat me with a bunch of waiver wire level relief pitchers, that sucks for me, but that's kind of how I feel about this group. You, you really are putting out the juju. Like it's, <laughs> I, it's, it's an impressive amount. of juju. <laughs> I'm changing your middle name now to juju B. Um, so there you go. I guess Gregory Soto is good too. Gregory Soto's had a good season. He's very wild, but he's he's put up good numbers. So it's three. I see a path. I, I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying it's likely. I still think, you know, all else being equal, you are favored. Um, but I think it's also a recognition, probably on Dubner's part, that uh, he doesn't have the pitching to compete with you, and this would be the way to do it. Just before we move off superstition. I, I think I might be the most superstitious person you guys know. Um, when you were kids and you were watching your baseball teams, did you do any weird crap? Because like growing up in the in the in the eighties and nineties, I really believed if I had my shoes on or off, it was going to determine the result for the for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, like I would also swing a uh, metal hanger like a baseball bat at the same time as the as the hitters and I would do the fake motion of the pitchers. And I firmly believe that if I didn't do a good enough job at times, like they would suck. Uh, like I have some Wade Boggs crap in me. All right. It's, it's, it's that level. Um, and I, I know I'm not alone here. Am I fading out? 
No, I, yeah. I I'm tracking. In 2019, I did. I, out? The, I I drank a lot of the same whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I had one brand of whiskey when the Nationals started winning those games. I was like, man, I I just got to keep drinking whiskey throughout this whole playoff experience. Um, I none. I didn't have any particular superstitions, uh, the way you're describing it. But um, I remember being a nervous young fan. And uh, yeah, w- what you're what you're saying doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, actually, start. I think the way that you talk about my complaining, and I'm using my air quotes on complaining, it's actually just me worrying, right? It's it's my personality. I like nothing's ever in the bag, you know. Um, and I think that that's actually the way of sports. Like like not to take us in a totally different direction here, but one team in every sport gets to win. You know, if you actually do the math on what that means, like I know I live in New England and I hate the Patriots, but just for the sake of argument, like these people are spoiled as all hell. But like for the most part, you live to 90, you should see your team win three times if you're lucky. Right. So like and that's lucky both on health and also that you slightly beat the averages. Um, That's not a lot. Uh, Most seasons end in heartbreak. So I think like that that brings out the worrier in me from a sports fan. Neither of you have this. Yeah. I, I'm stunned, actually, to be honest. I don't know. I I, I think I just kind of like you know. I just I, I just take these things as they come. You know, like I don't have any control. Like <laughs> a win's a win, and a loss is a loss. Nothing I do is gonna have it. I mean, you know, a fantasy. You know, I can control my lineup, but like, you know, how Dubner's relief pitcher pitches against me. Like I have no control over that. So you know. It is what it is, and and I'm just I, I'm just willing to roll with the punches. That's not to say you have control. Well. You do have control. <laughs> you can send a fruit basket, okay, uh, or or you can take off your shoes. So you have much more control than you realize. And I, I push back heartily. Well, one uh, one thing I'll I'll raise is um, you know I, I don't know if you ever saw Vin Scully opining on no hitters and whether it's ever appropriate during a television broadcast to, to note that there is a no-hitter in progress. And I really liked his take because he essentially said, and this is just such a poor job of paraphrasing, but he essentially said, can we just cut the shit and like, you know, recognize that no one person is going to, uh, no broadcaster or any fan or commenter is going to influence uh, what happens on the field. And can we just describe it how it is, which is, a potential no hitter. And even to this day, I see a lot of silliness on, on TV broadcasts where they can't, they can't say, utter the words, no hitter. And I guess that in some sense is kind of fun um, and superstitious, but uh, I subscribe to the Vin Scully mindset of like, let, let the ball players do the thing and we can watch and enjoy and uh, not feel the pressure of having influenced it. I want to hear stars take in a second, but I have to legitimately tell you, Becker, I'm stunned to hear you say that because you're Why's such that? a narrative person. And, and for me, like, I feel like I've learned that about you doing this cast with you to me, like what makes baseball special is it feels like a story. It feels like, you know, the whole, it's never over until it's over kind of thing. There is a, an element like it, it you could be reading it. It's why the box score is so beautiful. It's why keeping score in a book is so beautiful. You remember the narrative. And to me, 
something about like not mentioning the words, it, it speaks to why it matters to be there as a fan. It, you do participate. You are there and you play a, 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 an interesting role. Now you can take either side of this one. I happen to, I happen to disagree with you, but mostly because it's fun. It's fun to get caught up in the, That's you can't right. say that. And when you describe yeah. it to your kid to be like, I want you to sit down and watch this game, but I can't tell you why. And then like, let them figure it out. There's something magical about that. So I could be alone on this, but that's how I feel. No, I, I recognize it's fun. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Um, and, and it is. It's like, where did that come from? Um, yeah, so I, I, I think we disagree in that, like, I'm not going to point uh, uh, at the television and think that I can influence the next pitch or pantomime a, a, a pitch or a hit and uh, see it go out of the ballpark. But, um, you know, there, there, there is joy to be had in doing those things. For me, it's, I don't, I deep down know I don't control it, but I also can't explain why <laughs> my heart races. You know what I yeah. mean? So, um, Star, any thoughts on this or should we switch over to the McQueenie bracket? Uh, I mean, I, I just wanted to say that I'm I'm 100% with with Becker and and, and the great man Vincent Scully. Uh, they, I, 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 I've never understood it. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm with. You. I don't disagree with your point on narrative, but there's a bunch of stupid fucking superstitions and traditions in baseball that need to go, and that's one of them, in my opinion. Like there's there, there's no reason. But I'm also, you know, that's a, I, I'll talk about no hitters and you know jinx my team left and right maybe maybe it's maybe there's a you know if i if i talk about it enough you know there i will blow so superstition away maybe that's maybe that's where this came from <laughs> if i talk about the things that you're not supposed to talk about and, and encourage other people to do so we will make these stupid superstitions superstitions go away <laughs> perhaps perhaps um all right let's take a couple quick minutes on the McQueenies. Um, we've already talked about Ray's team. We've already talked about, talked about Anton's team last week. We know who they've got. Let's give a quick nod to the other two teams um, that are in this bracket. Um, let's hold serve and, and, and do federal first. So Sean is the home team against Anton. Uh, it would appear that both these teams are off to a ridiculously bad start. Okay, hold on. That's not fair. It's, it's based on very little. Uh, it looks like uh, Anton threw one third of an inning and has given up two runs with a, a, a loss. I don't think it was a blown save from Edwin Diaz. Meanwhile, Sean countered with a 14 pitch, two uh, thirds of an inning, uh, one earned run, home run against performance from Adam Otofino. But at least it's not a negative. Um, at least it's not a negative BJ performance. So the pitching is off to not a great start. Um, it, it is. It's kind of fun to see the the fifty four to thirteen ERA <laughs> right now on the box score. Though. I, it won't hold, but yes, yeah, that too. I was like, oh Jesus. Um, all right, so uh, Becker, who do you like here? I still like Sean. Yeah, I, I thought Sean was really surging at the end, and that that counts in my book. I know it's. Yeah, it is an anti-statistical take to say that the hot team is going to win, but I, I do believe that there are um, ebbs and flows to one's fantasy team, and I think Sean was surging kind of at the end there. Uh, I, when when your collective guys are hot, I think you, you take it. So I like Sean. I mean, Sorry, I, I, I think 
it, it may be anti-statistical to say, you know, to, to favor the hot team, but it's not. <laughs> Oftentimes the team is hot because they are better. And I think that is the case in this situation. Sean just has the better team and they were hot because they were, a, you know, he has a pretty good team and Anton's team was cold because they weren't very good. And I think in this situation, the hot team wins because they're just better. Sean just has, you know, there's, there, there, this is, this is the point in the playoffs where, or in, in the McQueenie bracket where, you know, teams who were still competitive start getting in there against teams who sold everything that they had. And, the, and I think we're seeing that in both the union and federal this week. Um, you know, I think now we haven't got to Nate's team yet. Uh, Nate had a bit of a rough start with the bullpen today, but I, I, I would have projected both, both Sean and Nate to kind of blow the doors off their opponents just because they're just massive differences in quality of these teams. Uh, and I think these are the most like unbalanced matches we've seen in the playoffs so far. Well, I, I would agree. And I'm, I'm also going to agree that the, the, the two home teams are clear favorites here. Last week, I, I didn't hold to my guns about Anton and I was right. I think I'm going to say it again. If we find ourselves on Sunday of this, of this coming week and Anton won, the story will be that his, his starting pitchers that have been woeful all season and have recently turned it around, continued the turnaround. Specifically Blake Snell. Right. Um, Zach Plezak, I think, is showing a little bit of signs of life. I don't like the Manoa matchups. That's the problem. Like Manoa has, has a much tougher road this week, and that's going to – I think Anton really needs to rely on him there. So um, I, I think there's no doubt that Sean's hitting is, is the far superior lineup. Um, so – Last week for Anton, it was all about Plezak and Snell. I mean, they they both pitched very well. Um, Plezak had two starts. Snell had, uh, I think, probably the best start of anyone last week. He had a 35 MGS start, and that, that's that's hard to beat. I mean, Snell's been incredible lately. Oh, yeah, Snell didn't give up a hit in that start. That's right. He went into yeah. eight, he, he pitched seven no-hit innings, and they pulled him. Um, but he has just been, been absolutely lights out over the last month or so. And it has come yeah. with a pitch change mix. I mean, he, yeah. he cut his change up and he's going fastball slider. Right. What, what's funny is, I mean, not, it's like, you know, and a lot of people have been saying like all year, like the change up, he loves that change up. He's had that change up forever, but the change up's not working for him. He needs to ditch the change up. He needs to ditch the change up. He finally ditched the change up and he's doing so much better as a result of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it was the answer that he's been looking for all season. And he's been, he's been really stellar going back to, I mean, how far back really are we talking about going back? Yeah. Basically the beginning of August, he hasn't given, he had one five, five inning three run start, but otherwise he hasn't given up more than two runs since the end of July, since the end of July. Uh, in reference to what you were talking about with Nate's team real quick, should we switch over to the union? Sure. Uh, the Boxberger box performance. I, I think we need a nickname for when you open CBS and you see that one of your relievers was so bad that they don't even list ERA because there are no outs. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's such a gut punch and I don't want it to be the, the reliever gut punch. It's gotta be something much better than that. Um, you know what? It's the food poisoning. It's something like that, like where you just you don't even see it at first, and then all of a sudden you're you're just you're nauseous. But that those four four earned runs, the home run against uh, the little whip bomb right there, that's going to take a while to overcome. So um, 
I still think Nate is the better team here, but that completely took away that uh, Zach Wheeler gem today. Yeah, that that's that's rough. And it wasn't just that. He also had Garrett Whitlock um, blew – I think he blew the save in that in that very weird – was he the one who gave up the uh, inside the park home run to Austin Meadows? Was that what happened? That, that, that was a wild weird. game. That was fun. I watched that. You, you did not want to have a pitcher on either team in that game. I think that went very poorly for a lot of pitchers. Uh, and Garrett Whitlock kind of got brought down. So, yeah, unfortunately, despite Zach Wheeler you know, going six scoreless, Nate's got a 7.36 ERA because of Whitlock and, and uh, Boxberger today, unfortunately. I didn't realize that Jorvi's one home run wasn't inside the park, or that, that makes it much worse. <laughs> and it very well could have been a triple and an error, but uh, it was just a, it was a wacky play. Fair enough. Uh, so you guys are, are predicting Nate despite this, yeah? I like Nate, though Ray's got some interesting guys. I mean, Nestor Cortez, I can't figure him out, but he's been pitching great. Uh, Tanner Houck. You could get, he could be excellent. He could be poor, but like, that's, he's, he's kind of a fun name to watch in this, uh, in these playoffs. And then Ian Happ um, to, to great surprise is having a really strong second half of the season, or at least last final month. So those types of guys can actually win you a week. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if Ray won again, but I, I really do think Nate's got the, pretty heavy advantage do you see that nate benched uh sunny gray and sunny gray against the cubs i was wondering about that yeah i don't know whether that was just um strategic or or uh not recognizing that he was starting today or what but um yeah you can't leave money on the board and and that looks like one of those uh times yeah yeah that that hurts yeah i'm, I'm looking at racing last week yeah it was <laughs> It was really it was Tanner Houck and, and Nestor Cortez had a couple of good starts and you know Mike Miner for as vanilla as that guy is he is not you know a pitcher and it's you know had a good start for him last week and you know in the right matchup he continued to, to pitch well. All right, final question before we we sign off for the evening: the winner of the McQueenie brackets will be Star. I I think it's probably the cornballers. If I had to if I had to put money down right now on someone, I would say it's the cornballers. Fascinating. Becker? I like Mark. Any particular reason? No, I just I mean, I think I think when Mark really wants to do it, he can do it. Mark he, grinds. He does yeah. grind. He can he will play the matchups. He will come up with a way to 30 innings. Um, he will get the most out of his team. And so he may not have the strongest team coming in, but I don't know. It, it's look when the, uh, when the bounty at the end of the rainbow was a kind of a first round pick, I know that's going to motivate Mark. So I like, I like Mark. He's desperate for a pick. I, 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 I was looking <laughs> at the board. I, I don't think he has any, so that would really help his rebuilding process. Just I mean. Add it to the pile. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say just, just, yeah, I, I just think the reason my reasoning on Hughes, I didn't elaborate. I, he just his pitching staff is just head and shoulders 
above that of every other team in the Queen bracket. And I think you know, at least the starters that, you know, he actually has some real, you know, quality starters in, in guys like uh, um, Kevin Gaussman and Luis Castillo and, you know, guys that uh, Max Fried and, you know, also Turk Skubal, like all of those, all four of those guys, you know, that's about, I don't know. It, does anyone on any of the other McQueen teams even have one pitcher that's that level? I'm not sure they do. It's the only pitching staff that if we put it in the uh, the winning side, we'd be like, okay, it's not the best, but it has a shot, right? Like, I mean, right. it, it would fit on the other side. So I'm with you. I think Ryan had a, a very weird season and uh, he deserved better. Uh, it's, it's too bad that he didn't have a better start, but um, all right. Any last thoughts or shall we adjourn for the week? Can I end with uh, the, the exact quote from Ben Scully? In yeah. 1960, in the LA Times on uh, calling no hitters, and I think Ben Scully has called something like 20 no hitters in his career. Ben Scully says, quote, it's insulting to the listeners to make them think uh, they're silly and superstitious enough to believe my telling them that a no-hitter is going to affect the game. I'm not breaking precedent. Other announcers do the, scene, do the same. You see, no one expects a listener to hang on every word for three hours. They leave the radio from time to time, and this service must be rendered. That's been scary. Love it. Love it. I mean, I'd say that his opinion matters a good bit more than mine. So, <laughs> um, all right, gentlemen, on that note, I, I wish you happy hunting. Uh, Becker, I hope you continue to enjoy your vacation from baseball. Thanks very much. Um, tune in enough to know if you should add or drop players. Uh, that's recommended. But other than that, you know, enjoy your rest because you're going to need it. So for sure. Uh, I will see you guys on Sunday. Take care, everyone. Thanks, guys. Baseball.